Would you bow your heads in prayer with me? God, we thank you for this day. Uh, We thank you for the blessings that you pour on us. Uh, We thank you for the opportunity you've given us to be in your sanctuary, to sing your praises, to call upon your name. God, we ask that you would speak to us through your word this day. We ask all these things in your name. Amen. Friends, this morning we are concluding our journey through the sermon series that we call WW-D, What Would You Do? Uh, And the question that we've been asking each week and saying, what would you do? Uh, What would you do um, in various situations? And we read through the book of James. So the past several weeks, there were different scenarios that we asked this question and said, what would you do? A couple of weeks ago, we talked about favoritism, uh, where during James's church, the James, that church that James belonged to, there were certain people who were giving special preferential treatment to those who were, um, who had a certain outward appearance. Uh, And they, and James asked the question, how do you treat people who, who don't look quite like you? How do you treat those who, uh, who are a little different from you? How do you treat those who you think are below you? And we concluded by saying one of the things that makes all of us equal is the Lord's table. Because when we come to the communion table, we are all equal. We are all equal. We are all broken. And we are all in need of God's grace. And then Pastor Cindy spoke about what does it mean for us to confess Jesus Christ as our Savior. When we profess our faith... And we say Jesus Christ is our Savior. What does that mean? How do our actions line up to what to that which we confess? And we were called to act in a way that displays our faith. And the question that was asked to you was, what would you do? How would you show your faith in action? And then Pastor Joanne spoke about uh, what does it mean for us, how we use our words, and how our words can hurt others. And how we are called to be careful in using our words. How we are called to lift each other up through our words. And then we looked at what does it mean for a person to seek wisdom. The person who seeks wisdom is someone who seeks peace. Who shows kindness. And seeks the face of God intentionally. In practicing these three things, we seek wisdom. And last week we looked at this question as to who holds your tomorrow. Do you think God holds your future or do you trust your retirement accounts or your paycheck or your bank balance or any other financial resources that you may have? If you're trusting money and financial resources to face the future, I think God looks at us and declares you fool. And we were reminded that we should remember that all that we have, all the financial resources that we have comes from God. And we are called to humble ourselves before God, acknowledging that it is only by the grace of God that we are able to have that which we have in our hands. God is the one who has given us the abilities, the resources, the opportunities to gain the wealth that we have. So that is a three-minute caption of what we've been looking at for the past six, uh, five weeks or so. And uh, it is my hope and prayer that you, in your own time, would read the book of James. This book is filled with truths, uh, filled with wonderful things that captures the heart 
of what uh, James is talking about. So I hope you would read um, more and explore a little bit more as to what James might teach you. This morning, we're coming to the end of the book of James. And, and here, James, as he's addressing coming to the end of this book, he kind of talks about what he started out with. James, uh, in the beginning, starts out by telling us that he is writing to a people that are displaced. The imagery that he is using here in terms of people who are displaced as he's looking at uh, the Israelites who were taken away from their home and displaced and thrown into exile, who were living under slavery. And the Israelites were longing to be home, living in a foreign land, walking and waiting and hoping that they would be home. See, when Israel was taken into exile and dispersed, their neighbors did not have the same value system of worshiping the living God. They lived by different rules, and the Israelites longed for them to be home. And when we are away from home, it's not easy. And it's not easy, especially when you're faced with challenges. And we were told in James chapter 1, the first sermon that I preached on this series, that we are called to be patient when faced with challenges. Because God is going to produce a beautiful fruit. When you're faced with trials and tribulations, we are called to be patient. Because God is about to do something beautiful. And now in James 5, we are introduced to that same theme. Hear these words from James chapter 5, verse 7. Be patient. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop. Patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient. Stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Here again, James is asking us to be patient, to stand firm for the Lord. It's coming is near. See, when you feel displaced, being home is ultimately for the Christian. It's about being home with the Lord. See, people who were reading the book of James for the first time, they were hoping that the second coming of Jesus was imminent. They thought in the, during their lifetime that Jesus would come and take them home, take them heaven. But here James is telling them and telling us, to be patient. The farmer sees the world very differently from the way you and I see the world. We live in a culture that we complain a great deal. We live in a culture where we want things to be done right away. And this is something that I have to confess. When I'm in the fast food uh, drive through you know, I give my order and I sit for like two minutes. I'm already complaining. Like, what happened to my Chick-fil-A sandwich? I feel like somebody's taking it away from me. Right? I'm so impatient. It's just been three minutes. Do you know how long the farmer has to wait in order for grain that he plants in the ground in order for that to turn into a piece of bread? The farmer understands that he or she needs to till the soil, care for the soil, get the soil ready, then plant the seeds. And wait for the seeds to sprout. Care for the land during that process. Then wait for the seedling to become a plant. And then bloom. And the flowers to bloom. And then there is fruit. Then there is harvest. Many seasons would have changed. 
by the time the farmer plants a seed to when the harvest comes. Friends, if you are going through challenging times, I want to remind you that James is asking us to be patient, to seek the face of the Lord in times of struggle. Then James further cements this point by illustrating two other things that we are called to use as examples in our own lives. This is what we read, James chapter 5, verse 10. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed. You have heard of Job's story. You have seen the Lord who finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Here, Job, uh, here James is talking about the life of the prophets. Many times when we talk about the prophets, we talk about them during the season of Advent, before Christmas, and during the season of Lent that we are in right now. We're kind of heading towards Easter. This is the first Sunday in Lent. And majority of the time when these prophets who stood up and spoke and declared the message of the Lord, the reason they were saying that is because those who were living among them, they were not following what God was telling them to do. And that is the reason God raised up a prophet so that he could declare the statues, could declare this is what is required of you. These prophets, when they spoke on behalf of God, They were not treated well. A lot of them were punished. They were ill-treated. They suffered a great deal for standing up in a culture that was not following God and saying, hey guys, you're doing that which is wrong. And they were ill-treated for that. And here James is reminding us the prophets patiently followed the commandments of God. They were not quick to give up and no one was following it. They stood there and they continued to preach in the face of challenges. I'm not sure what challenges you're facing today, friends, but God is calling you today to be patient. I'm not sure what season you're going through. You may be pleading to God and saying, God, please make this stop. I want you to remember the farmer who is patient. And the prophets who are faithful in how they preach the gospel. They preach the good news of the God's word despite of what they faced. Friends, we're called to be patient. And finally, James reminds us about the story of Job. The story of Job was a man who had everything. He had a family. He had riches. He had friends. He was known in his community, and most importantly, he was called a righteous man. And then one day, all of a sudden, his faith gets tested. When you read the story of Job, you realize that the first thing that he loses is his financial security. All that he owned, all that he had, is taken away from him. And then, you see, his children are taken away from him. And it doesn't end there. His family is taken away from him. And then he loses his health. He pretty much loses everything. And yet, he continues to seek God's face. In the midst of all the trials, 
Job continues to seek God's face. Job teaches us that when we are faithful to God in the midst of all the challenges that we face, when we are faithful in the midst of all those challenges, finally a day will come when the God who we worship, the God who we believe is faithful, he will restore things for us. That is the story of Job. Friends, we are called to be faithful in the midst of our challenges and our trials. The question for us today is what would you do? Are you like the farmer who endures trials and tribulations and challenges through the seasons? Are you like the prophets who's willing to stand despite what those around you are saying? Are you, like Job, faithful despite losing it all? How are you going to respond today? And finally, James ends the book, his letter to the dispersed people, to the people exiled all over the known world, the Christian world, talked with a call to prayer. I want to break this into two separate sections it is remarkable in this section that James looks at the reality of the church that we are part of. James sees, has a holistic view of what church looks like. He sees the church from a different point or a perspective. He sees a church where some are rejoicing and some are hurting. He knows that some are living their best life. And others who are breathing the same air and worshiping under the same roof are going through tremendous challenges. This is the reality at Mount Hope Church. For some of us, things are going really well. And for others, things are difficult. So how do we make this balance? How do we do this balancing act? How do we as a church care for those who are going through challenging times at the same time celebrate with those who are seeking God's who are seeing God's many blessings listen to these words from James chapter 5 verse 13 is anyone among you in trouble let them pray is anyone happy let them sing songs of praise is anyone among you sick let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Pray for a righteous person. Prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Here, those who are experiencing blessing are called to rejoice and sing. Don't feel bad that you are experiencing God's blessings. This is your time to shine. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord. Shout for joy. If you're saying this morning, I have so many blessings in my life, praise God for that. Praise God that God is pouring blessings on your life this day, on this day, in this season. Be thankful. Friends, if that's you, I want you to shout for joy. And I want you to share them with those who are around you. 
Share God's faithfulness in your life to those who are around you and sing of God's faithfulness. Celebrate with those who are journeying with you, with your family, with your small group. There's a time to share in your small groups. Tell them that God is good. The group responds by saying, all the time. I hope you can do this this week. I hope you can sing and celebrate. Then James asks another question. Who among you is in trouble? Who among you is sick? Who among you is going through a challenging season? Who among you is facing marital problems? Who among you is worried about your kids? Who among you is worried about your finances? Who among you is battling addiction? Who among you is trying to figure out the next season of your life? Who among you is hurting? Who among you have sinned? Friends, if this is you, we are called to pray. We are called to pray as a community of faith. According to James, we are called to pray for one another in this context of church and community. You've heard me say over uh, in my previous sermons that sometimes how faith and prayer has become a very personal matter. I've preached about this several times. When I encounter people, I hear them say, I say my prayers. I do my thing. I'm a good person. But this morning, friends, James is laying out a formula for us to pray as a community. Pray as a church. Pray as the body of Christ. We're called to pray together for one another. We're called to pray for our physical challenges that we are facing. We're called to pray for the spiritual challenges that we are facing. James is calling us to pray for one another. And the formula that James is laying out here is something that is found in the New Testament over and over again. Where the elders of the church would pray for those who are in need. This practice is seen in in the book of Acts, at a church called Antioch. When Paul and Barnabas, when they received a call to go and preach the good news to the known world, the church of Antioch gathered around them and they put their hands on them and they prayed for them and they sent them out. Yes, private prayer is important. It is important for us to say our prayers each day. But it's also important for us to pray together. Pray as a community of faith. Because when we do that, this prayer will result in great fruit. James reminds us of the qualifications of those who are offering the prayer. He tells the story of prophet Elijah. We read in James 5.17, Elijah was a human being even as we are. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. Elijah was a man who offered a prayer, just as a human being as you and I are. He was doing what the Lord told him to do. He acted out in faith, and God answered his friends. Friends, this morning, to that end, 
I want to invite you to come forward for a time of prayer. If you are in need of prayer, if you're in need of prayers of thanksgiving, if you are saying, God has blessed me immensely, and I'm grateful for what God has done, I, wanna, I want you to come forward for a time of prayer. If you're saying, I am struggling, I am going through a challenging season, I want you to come forward for prayer. If you're saying, I'm struggling with addiction, I want you to come forward for a time of prayer. If you're saying, I need healing, I want you to come forward for a time of prayer. I understand that not everyone is comfortable to come forward to a time of prayer. I want to respect each one of you who feels that way. Here's how it's going to work. We'll be singing a song um, in a few minutes. The pastors, the three of us, are going to stand here um, in front of you. And as you come forward, we ask that you would come through the center aisle and come forward and uh, shuffle through the side. And when you come forward for prayer, we're not going to ask you what your prayer request is. We're just going to pray over you because we believe the God we worship sees the blessings that you're receiving. And the God that we worship sees the prayers that you're in need of. And so we just want to pray for you during this time. Come as you're able. If you are prompted by the Holy Spirit, that you would come forward. Let us pray.